This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study. We examine some questions that teachers may face and give some teaching tips along the way. This fall, we are studying the Gospel of Mark. I'm Amber Vaden, your host, and today I'm joined by Tim Pollard. Tim is the team leader for Explore the Bible Kids and always an insightful guest host on this podcast. So we are thankful that he's here today. Tim, thanks for coming. Hey, no problem. Thanks for letting me be here. Yep. Today we will look at session 10, where we'll examine Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. So first, I'll give just a brief overview of what's happening in these passages, uh, and then we will jump into some questions that hopefully will help prepare our group leaders um, in case they, they encounter these questions in their group time. Okay, so Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 27. So after describing a time of great tribulation, Jesus declared that darkness would result as the powers in heaven are shaken when announcing the coming of Jesus in clouds and with power and glory. The angels will be sent to gather all the elect from every generation and from all directions and nations. In the next verses, Jesus directed his listeners to recognize the signs of his return, just like they recognize the the coming of summer by watching a fig tree. He declared that this generation would not die until these things took place, assuring his listeners that his words would be fulfilled. In verses 32 through 37, Jesus explained that since no one knows when his return will take place, all of his people must remain alert. Jesus compared his return to a man who leaves his house in the care of servants without telling them when he would return. Like the servants, believers must remain awake and watchful. So our overall summary statement for this session is that Jesus promised to return for his followers. It's an important session and one that always is interesting and and will probably lead to a lively discussion in your group. Uh, So we will just jump right in with our questions. Tim, so in in this passage, it's very clear in, in the scriptures that if Jesus does not know the timing of his return. And that might raise the question of how that's actually possible. How how can he not know the timing of his return? Because we know he is God. Well, in my preparation for this session, I, I literally just wrote LOL out beside that. Because, well, <laughs> that's that's probably what you're gonna get is <laughs> surely no one questions that Jesus doesn't know that. Um, I, I think the intent of that point is really, um, you know, you mentioned earlier that I lead the kids team. And one of the things that we always try to do when we're teaching kids about who Jesus is and who God is and the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the Trinity, we talk about, you know, the completeness of God, um, but God being represented in three different and distinct um, personalities, God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. So, um, you know, when we try to help kids to understand that fact, and when we tell them, you know, when, when Jesus came to earth, Jesus was completely 100% God, but he's also at the exact same moment, completely 100% human. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where we're, where we're really getting 
So when Jesus yes. is talking to the people, he's talking out of his humanity. Um, and in his 100% humanness, he did not know when that return would happen. Um, so it, it's not really contradictory to to his nature or who he is. He, he's just saying, as a human person, even I don't know when that's going to happen. God is the only one that does. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to kind of approach this question because it, it could seem like, hmm, why why is it saying this? Why? How can he really not know? Um, but it is a great opportunity to just remind our group and, and ourselves Jesus was both fully, fully God and fully human. And so I think that is a really um, concise but clear way to kind of look at, at what that means and, and how we could really understand that and get that in our minds since we know he's fully God. But at this point, he didn't know. Okay, so Jesus didn't know the day or hour of his return and, and neither do we. However, People are obsessed with trying to predict the time. Why do you think that is? Because people obsess over all kinds of things. <laughs> yes, that's I true. think part of it really, honestly, is is um, just human nature. I mean, we're curious. We want to know mm -hmm. things. Um, I think that's very evident in our society today. Um, and I think it's even more um, heightened in the environment that we're living in. Um, you know, our we have instant access to virtually anything. If we need to know the answer to something, we can go out and search it on the internet and boom, we have the answer. And I think that that's probably driven people to, to really kind of obsess over this. Um, you know, I, there have been many people who have predicted when Jesus was coming back and we all know that, that none of that has happened. Uh, so, right. you know, it's really in my opinion, just a little silly to obsess over things that, that we literally have no control over. And I think that's what yeah. we're doing. We're just obsessing over things that we really don't have any control over. Uh, the Bible says we, we can't know the time or the day and let's just move on. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought the same thing. I thought, well, we, we like to have answers like you mentioned and we like to feel like we're in control. And so answers make us feel that way, especially for something that is going to be so, um, it's going to be a big deal. It's, it's, it, we have, we know from scripture that there will be some uh, incredible signs that will uh, preclude the event. And so if we just want to know, okay, well, we want all of our answers, all of our questions answered. Um, but it's a fruitless task because scripture says we won't know. So yeah, that's a good a good way to consider that. Okay, so how do we, so this this passage for believers today, how do we remain alert for Jesus' second coming? How do we live that, live out uh, the instruction that's given in these verses in the midst of our day-to-day -day schedule, our work responsibilities, uh, things that are happening? How do we do that? What does that look like? So I think, you know, boiled down to its most basic, which is what I always like to do for kids is, you know, that really just means that we, we go about the things that God has called us to do. Uh, you know, we have a purpose and we're here for a purpose. And, you know, we always tell kids that 
if if we're still here, then we still have a purpose. God God has a plan for our lives, and God has something for us to do. And I think what what we're really kind of talking about is is just staying focused on the things that God has called us to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's let's be about the business of doing what God has called us to do. And when we're connected to Him in that way, we will be alert um, for His return. That will be something that we're thinking about. But that doesn't mean that you know we sell everything that we have and we move to the to the desert and wait for wait for him to come back because that's being irresponsible with the things that he's given us to do. So yeah. that that alertness really is is paying attention to the tasks that God has given us, and that includes our day to day schedule, mm-hmm. the thing things we do at work, the things we do at home, all of those are, are part of, of that. That's helpful. I, I think that's helpful because it's so practical. Um, certainly when he says uh, at verse 37, and what I say to you, I say to everyone, be alert. We can read that and think, oh, I really want to be alert. Wait, what does that even mean? <laughs> and so uh, just to just to think through it the way that you've shared, I think is really helpful because that's doable. We know how to do that. Uh, we should already be pursuing uh, his instructions and guidance. And so if we're doing that, we will be alert. Uh, so that's, it's kind of affirming <laughs> because that, that doesn't sound wildly difficult. Right. Uh, you know, it's not something that's, I certainly can't do, but I, I certainly can do that. Um, okay, how does Jesus's return influence the way we live in the present? And maybe this is it's very similar to the question we just asked. It is, and you know, when I was thinking through that, I, I literally wrote down here to. It's really the same answer that I just gave you, but it but it is different in a way um, because if we are doing those things that that God has given us to do, it should really impact us in a way where we feel an urgency to do those things. And I think that's the added aspect of of what, sure, we can go about and do our day-to-day activities, but we should also be about the business of sharing God's gospel with others in in an urgency um, to share that message with as many people as we can throughout our days. So Mm -hmm. I think that influence is us in that in that kind of way when when we're living our day-to-day lives we need to be doing it in such a way that that we're focusing on opportunities that god has presented to us to to share the gospel with with those around us yeah i think i think urgency is a really strong word (laughs) that you just shared um (laughs) because it it helps us to kind of put things in a little bit of perspective and not to just think well there will always be time because there won't right. always be time. Um, another, I, you know, I think studying um, the last days and the end times, it just leads to a lot of different emotions in people, um, expectation or the desire to know more or, or for some just fear and concern because it, we don't have all the details and maybe just a uncertainty of what will happen. But I I would suggest that if, if we're, when we spend time reading what we do know, what scripture does tell us about what will happen, there's a lot of comfort in knowing that 
it is it is in God's plan and so and in his power and authority and so it's just another example that he is not a God of chaos but a God of order and and he has a plan for how this will happen so that leads me into um I just wanted to in into bringing some attention to the key doctrine uh so for group leaders you know, every week we try to point out something that might be of help or interest as you lead your Bible study group. Uh, and the key doctrine this week is on last things. And it might be just helpful to spend just a second having this conversation in your group time. Uh, so it's printed in your books. Um, God in his own time and in his own way will bring the world to its appropriate end. So that is our, our teaching, uh, our key doctrine on the last things. And I think in the midst of all of the unanswered questions we might have about it, we have many answered questions and we we can just rest in the knowledge that this is God's plan and he is in control of what will happen. So while we might want more details, um, we don't really have to worry or be concerned that, you know, of what might happen because He he's the one in control and, and he's fully trustworthy. From time to time in the podcast, we mention resources in the Explore the Bible family. The Leader Pack, the Adult Commentary, and Quick Source are just a few of those things. You can find out more about all of the Explore the Bible resources on our website at goexplorethebible.com. And I'll just say that again because it's go, you have to put go at the beginning, goexplorethebible.com. Tim, we are so thankful that you um, had some time today and could join us for this. Well, thanks again for letting me be here. Next week, we will discuss Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 42. And our guest host will be Bob Bunn. We hope you'll join us. Mm-hmm.